Hello and welcome to Taking Care of Business. I'm Jackie Mitchell. It's important to go back to basics in your business and keeping it simple. So I thought to myself, if I put all the ingredients of this show into a pot and boiled it down to what is left at the bottom of the pan, what would I find? Well, I think I'd find a phrase that says, run your business better. I think that's the whole point of this show is to give tips, tricks, advice, inspiration, motivation to businesses, no matter what size business you're running and what your role is in that business, whether you're an employer or an employee. It all gets back to the same thing. It's about how to run your business better. So that's the topic of today's show. Today's show is made possible by our friends at EVU Group, Australia's first multi-brand real estate network. Our first guest has written a book, coincidentally, by the same name, Run Your Business Better, from Byron Vale Advisors, Stephen Barnes. Welcome to Taking Care of Business. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Now, Run Your Business Better, how come you named the book that title? Um, because as you just said in your intro, that was really what what I was wanting to get across to the readers. It was designed for people that are good practitioners but um, may not necessarily have the skills to run their business uh, better and and that was really what it was aimed for, was right. for okay. those people. Now, you work with many business owners uh, and you say in the book, I love this, you work with business owners who are in pain. <laughs> what sort of pain are they in? Uh, they're mainly in pain because they, um, they're busy being busy. They're very good at, at, being, at being a practitioner. Um, they don't have a lot of time and then they don't focus on the things that they should be doing with regards to their business. Um, and that's what puts them into, into all sorts of pain, uh, pain and financially, pain, uh, you know, how their relationships with their family are, um, all, all different sorts of pain. Okay. And what are some of the remedies that you offer for this pain? Um, well, there's a few. Um, the, the main sort of theme in the book is around how to work on your business rather than in your business. Mm. And that goes back to, you know, you could be a really good electrician. And I don't see many electricians go out of business because they're bad at being an electrician. They go out of business because they don't have the skills to run their business properly. Yeah. Um, so, they, and so they need to stop being the practitioner and start being the business owner. And so we need to change a mindset about how to work on your business and be the business owner. Um, and then there's, you know, normal sorts of things that uh, most businesses have, like planning. Um, a lot of small businesses and, uh, don't have plans. They yeah. don't see the need for it. And I think a little bit of that is that they fear that, you know, what happens if I don't meet my plan? Um, but as I tell business owners that the plan's their plan and no one's going to come up to you and ask you what your plan is. Um, but it, it, what a plan does is it helps you get organised and starts thinking about how you want to drive your business going forward. And that's actually the value of it. Um, a battle's never won by a plan, but it's never won without one either. So yeah, you need to put a plan in place. So they're the sorts of things um, that you know. The book goes through a whole range of different things about how to run your business better, but those, with those sort of things in the back of it. Now you run a business called Byron Vale Advisors. Tell me a little bit about that. What is it? Um, it's it's really a, a designed for. Um, 
around how to run businesses better. So we're, we're a consultant company. Mm-hmm. Um, we do all sorts of companies, so from everything from not-for-profits all the way through to multinationals uh, and publicly listed companies um, doing turnarounds, restructuring and rebuilds. Um, so we'd go in there and, and, and work with the business owners or the shareholders or the board and tell them how to run their business better. But it's more, rather than, I shouldn't say, tell them, it's, mm-hmm. we're actually more around helping you get the skills and develop the skills so that you run the, your business better yourself. Um, and so we sort of partner with you to, to, to help you on, the, on that journey so that you develop those skills and, you know, our success is if you can do it yourself without us. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking about the, your, the, the common pain points that you were talking about and some of the remedies. And then it got me thinking about, you know, what remedies are using the same sort of theme, a quackery, and what are genuine cures? Because I think that that's one of the problems with a lot of small businesses is they go out looking for maybe advice or expert, uh, advice or opinions and uh, and they're not going to the right people or the people's credentials are not exactly uh, saying what they or doing what they say. Has that been your experience? Um, I think it's actually slightly different than that in that I think a lot of people are treating symptoms rather than the actual cause. Okay. So, yeah. um, so um, you know, so people say, you know, you know, uh, they go out of business because lack of sales, or they go out of business because um, something changed. You know, the retail market's in doldrums, or there's a GFC company. But they're all environmental things. Um, they're things that you can't do that much about. Um, and the real reason is that they're symptoms of the main reason why people go out of business, and that is that they either don't have the skills or they're not using the skills to run their business correctly and work on their business rather than in their business. So cash flow is a symptom of you not planning your cash flow, not planning and working on how to generate sales and do your marketing, those sorts of things. So it's a symptom of, of the running your business. How far out should a business plan? Uh, what advice do you give business? I mean, we used to, you know, have the five or ten year plans, but I've, you know, business is moving so much faster than ever before. What's your advice? Um, I wouldn't go more than twelve months, um, and, and it shouldn't be something that just gets stuck in a drawer either. So, I would be um, taking a plan and using it to develop as I go go forward, and I, and I'd be using it in different parts of my business as well. So. I'd have an overall strategy about where I wanted to go and then that would develop into a marketing plan that would also develop into a financial operational plan. Mm. Um, so it, 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 it's used on a daily basis almost, but in parts of it. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be complicated, Stephen, does it? No, I'm not asking anyone to write war and peace like yeah. before. <laughs> I'm not... Uh, the plan is your plan, yeah. and, and it's more about the process of putting a plan in place that's important and way it gets you thinking about your business and what you want to do and where you want to end up and how you want to get there than um, actually the plan, the piece of paper. 
Yeah, I liked your point earlier about mindset and what, and one of the uh, reasons that a lot of businesses don't plan is because I suppose they feel like they're setting themselves up to fail or they're, they're not going to achieve their targets or what they, what they say they're going to do. And what sort of mindset, what sort of shift in mindset should businesses be concentrating on? Uh, well, I don't think they should be thinking about what other people think about their plan. It's your plan. Mm. Um, I don't think I've ever been asked what my marks were at university. Mm, that's no a great cares. point. Great they, point. They, they, they care about that I actually got got through university and got a degree. Mm. They, they, they care about the outcome. They don't care about the plan. So um, uh, the last thing you need to fear about is putting a plan down. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you need to start, stop beating yourself up as well. Even if you have a plan, if you don't get there, um, you know, plans uh, go out of date as soon as you write them down. Mm. Uh, life will change, so, you know, you've got to accept that things do change. So, uh, I, you know, just because you didn't make, uh, reach a financial plan, for instance, that you put in place last June, it's not the end of the world, you know. Yeah, that's a really good point. One of the biggest issues, particularly for small business, is time. They don't have time to do this and time to do that. And now with the advent of social media, I don't have time to be doing all these different platforms. What advice would you give a small business to prioritising their time? Well, I think in, there's two things that I'd, I'd say. Is one is you need to have a think a little bit about why you went into business in the first place. Mm. Um, a lot of People go into business because it gives them flexibility. Um, and I have a little story that, you know, a few years ago I went to a Father's Day breakfast at school and um, went to my oldest daughter's class and she'd done a poem about Dad. And, you know, in the middle of it, it goes um, ring, 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 the phone goes all the time. Um, and then I went to my youngest daughter's uh, class and she had to do a little... Um, Exercise, and one of the questions was, "What did Dad do for a, for a job?" And she wrote down, "Talks on the phone." <laughs> and, and so, you know, you, you think you're having flexibility, but you know, you're answering the phone, you're doing stuff on Saturdays and Sundays and at night and things like that. And all of a sudden, um, you, you're not prioritising your family. So, mm. um, uh, I, I read an article in a paper a, a couple of years ago. Um, Stephen is I don't know if you've experienced this I've certainly seen this around a bit more in the last couple of years of people starting their own business and following their passion and uh, and not doing any homework not doing any research not doing any planning about it and I suppose they've they've got a mindset of let's build it and they will come Uh, what would be one tip that you'd give someone thinking about following their passion and starting their own business um my biggest tip is really sit there and, and think about why you're going in there. What's valuable to you? So is is it that you're going to make millions of dollars? 
is that that's what your main driver is. That's why you're going to business. Is it because you've got a passion and you just like doing it? Um, is it um, you know because you want flexibility? So you know you're either in business for one of three reasons: to to make money, or to have fun, or to make money and have fun. Mm. There's there are three reasons why people should be in business. So, and I think you need to before you even start sit there and think about why you're actually in business. Yeah, that's a really good tip. Now, your book, Run Your Business Better, is that the first book you've written? It is the first book. And how was the experience for you? Um, look, I liked writing the book. Um, I didn't really find that, that process too hard. Oh, good. I actually found writing, uh, deciding on a title and a cover, the hardest two things <laughs> in writing a book. Um, I don't know if I'd go back and do it again. Um, it does take time, um, and I think I'd probably do it slightly differently if I did it. Uh, did another book, I'd probably take a month in, or two months off and just sit down and write it rather yes. than take it over a few years. That would be a luxury, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. Now, I think you've actually nailed the title, Run Your Business Better. Some advice that I got uh, recently from uh, one of my social media experts that I brain pick said that for every radio show I do, I should be creating events on Facebook. Uh, and it, it's been highly effective. And But what it's actually done, I did a, you would have seen today, I think I, I had created you as a co-host, uh, which was a, it's a great tip as well, is that I actually had a number of inquiries, people thinking I was running a workshop today called Run Your Business Better. So I think you, that the name of your book absolutely created a bit of interest there. So there's a little bit of feedback for you. And I had to say, actually, no, well, but you, you can listen. Thank yeah, you. it is good to hear. Now, those looking for the book, where, they, where can they find it? Um, they can find it in major bookshops. Mm-hmm. Um, they can also buy it on uh, online bookshops like Book Depository and Amazon, um, Booktopia. Um, they can buy it from my website, um, byronbailadvisors.com, um, and they can also get it um, from the publisher, which is Major Street Publishing. Awesome. Now, uh, this is just a little taste test because we're going to get you into the studio uh, in uh, I think in April, aren't we? Did we talk yeah, about April? End of April. End of April. And what I'm thinking as I'm talking to you is we might actually do a planning checklist. So we might actually go through how to run your business better and do a checklist style thing. So also almost have a, a radio workshop. That might be a good idea. Yeah, that'd be fine, Jackie. Yeah, that'd be great. And you're going to bring some books in which we'll use as, as giveaways and competition as well. So those yeah. that are interested and want to listen, there's an opportunity to win Stephen's book as well. Well, Stephen, thank you very much for your valuable time. I have appreciated and I look forward to meeting you in April. Thanks, Jackie. Very much appreciated. Wonderful. Thank you for listening to Taking Care of Business as we are picking the best brains in the business. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. Now, we are talking today, <coughs> excuse me, about how to run your business better. And we don't want your business to be another one that bites the dust, as Queen was singing about just then. And we were talking earlier to Stephen Barnes, who's written a book called Run Your Business Better as well. And our next guest is a people and culture specialist, because without people, 
people, people and culture, people, papa, people and culture, put my teeth back in, uh, you can't run a business because you need people to run, to run a business because without customers you don't have a business and guess what, your customers are people. She is also Telstra Women's Business Award nominee for 2017 from PWR Consulting. Welcome to Taking Care of Business, Rhiannon Pilton. Hi Jackie, how are you? Thanks Great for to have me. you here. Sorry, my, uh, <coughs> my voice is a little bit uh, scratchy today. Having a bit of trouble with my words, so I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Thank now, you. people and culture, I need to speak slowly. People and culture specialist, what is it? So basically, uh, what we do is we obviously advise and then drive people and culture changes within a business. Um, and that's everything from engaged employees, retainment, because obviously turnover creates, um, you know, businesses that aren't yeah. going to be steady, the customers will feel that. So there is a real flow-on effect if your team's not engaged and present. Um, and there's also then the side of that, which is compliance as well. So um, we really work on all areas of HR and safety um, mm-hmm. because they really are your people and culture. If you haven't got a safe culture, your people are affected. It's very interlinked. Now, what did you want to be when you were at school? A lawyer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So how did you get into this? Um, well, I actually started off my career with Coles Meyer Group back before <clears throat> they split and divided and yeah. all the rest of it. Um, so I sort of fell into it at the same time. I think I was always a natural um, in the HR space at least. Um, my first job when I was 14 was working in a kitchen um, in the Yarra Valley and I was washing dishes, but I would call myself an underwater ceramic technician. Oh, so I kidding? obviously knew I had the gift of, you know, how to build people up in, a, in any kind of role there was. So, yeah, I like yeah. that. And, and what, uh, what stopped you becoming a lawyer? Why didn't you follow that? Um, I really got about the people. Right. Um, it's more about them. I go into companies and I become part of the company. Mm. I really do. And so does my team as well. But, um, you know, they're calling me. I'm invited to their Christmas parties. I never attend. HR doesn't normally have a place there. Um, but I really do become part of their people um, and help drive that and they really become trusted. Well, I think that's important to understand the culture. It's all very yeah. well to be putting recommendations on culture in an organisation, mm-hmm. but if you're not in it, you can't no understanding it. I know. It's and off like the it's, shelf then, it's not right. And yeah. you can't just walk in, you know, and then spend half an hour in a business and walk out and understand their culture. You actually need to be in there for Absolutely. a while. You know, do some good eavesdropping, which yeah. I, I love. I love a good <laughs> eavesdrop. But actually getting a real sense of how the the culture and the feel of the organisation Yeah, is. exactly. And not just from the top or from the bottom level. It's, it's a whole hierarchy, like the whole ladder needs yeah. to be involved. Now, that's good you've picked that up, the top or the bottom. Does it come from the top? It really does. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's in whether you've got two employees or 200. Okay. It really does so come the from the So the owner top. of a business or the CEO or whatever, whatever their... Uh, view is they have an enormous impact on the yeah. culture of the business. Yeah. So, so do you do a lot of one-on-one work with those Absolutely. Sort of we do a lot of leadership training, yeah. um, even with local government and that type of thing as well. So um, there's obviously they see the need for it. Um, and if you're not having that communication, we find is the biggest thing. If you're not communicating with your managers who's communicating with your team, they're not interested. They feel like there's something going on that they don't need to know about. They're worried and they're not focusing on, you know, being productive. Mm. Do they have a self-awareness? Are they aware that of their impact? Or? No, I think they just think as long as people are being paid, they're okay. Okay, really. so how do you then work with them to create that self-awareness? Um, it's really education, mm. so understanding and showing them how it can be different, um, showing them other examples of what we've brought into place and how that could look for their business because obviously it has to look different, mm. but the end message has to be the same. So opening up some you know, community uh, employee newsletters, some social clubs, making that brink of you know them and us 
disappear. Okay. So. And for them to see the outcome. Yeah, exactly. It's really an important. ROI, like a return right. of investment okay. on anything they're doing. So, okay, the point is it's not all fluffy and nice. No, and we're no. not trying to, you know, wrap everyone in cotton wool. <laughs> Definitely not. This is actually leading to yeah. increased sales yeah. into business growth. Absolutely. Is that sort of Yeah, and we have, and we can show them approach? that through reporting and everything like that, the actual differences. <gasps> um, you know, and it's usually six monthly and then yearly. Mm. We do it out because it, it takes time for change. We all know that to change a habit takes a certain amount of days and that's the same within a business. It takes time. Yeah, so change. I mean, that's a whole I minute. Mean, yeah, another topic, but it's certainly you're another whole show for that one. Well, that's yeah. Yeah, well, 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 you're here for the whole show, so we might actually talk about that. But I know yeah. when I was working corporate in the '90s, we had people and their job titles, which mm. you know you're yes. the expert now of job titles. Uh, it was called change agents. Yes, which I still always find a bit sort of you know get smartish. You yeah, know, sort of double O seven. These change agents. What are they doing? Um, and a silence comes down. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's good. I like it. Uh, so that's sort of what you're doing as well. Yes, absolutely. It? A lot of change management, they're calling yeah, it these days. So yeah. still that agent, they've just really put, added a few more letters to it. Yeah. Um, and that can be in a small company where there's an acquisition, um, redundancies around mergers. It can be all of that. So, and there's a, there is a cycle that you sort of follow, um, to really get that, um, I guess lack of resistance there. Um, from all employers because people when there's change they, they want to jump ship they panic um, we offer a lot of counseling around that yeah. um, with local um, businesses to that actual company as well so it's a, it's a bigger picture thing yeah um, change is very <clears throat> emotionally driven exactly and that's always i found in my experience the most difficult thing to explain to people the most difficult thing for people to become aware of mm-hmm. is their emotions you know the, the rational and functional side it's easy because it's they can go you know yeah it's black what, and white now. Black and yeah. white. That's right. yeah. One plus one equals two. With yeah. the emotional stuff, can uh, can be a little tricky. But that's mm. the key to, yeah. to shifting exactly. that change. Now, speaking of change, what change have you seen in businesses regarding their approach to change? It's a bit. It's a bit, it's, it's, it's a question yeah. a bit like the coffee table bookshop, <laughs> like a coffee table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, I guess. The, the change that I've seen within businesses about change is the fact that they're they're more aware. They're more aware of you know how that needs to look. Well, that's good. Um, it is a, some industries have been a little bit more challenging for that, mm. but um, that's time. Again, we always go back to time with everything. Mm. Um, but they have been really receptive, and it's about I guess myself or my team communicating that properly to them as well. This is why we're doing it. Um, you know, there might appear to be, for example, we had a technical uh, digital agency we were doing some acquisition change for Mm. um, and two of their um, members were actually highly autistic so we had to really understand them from a mental health point of view how they actually then would take that change so there's a lot of elements and if they had have been quite reactive to change then it could have ended up quite bad but they were open and it went really well. So it's good. Now, where do you need to change this conversation a little bit? Yeah, because we just need to let the sponsors, <laughs> which without this show doesn't uh, exist, and certainly Ottawa PFM loves these sponsors because it keeps us going and it keeps us alive. And we are going to come back to this conversation, Rhiannon, because I love talking about the human element of business, and that's a that's a term that you use, which uh, which I was very attracted to. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about. Uh, business transformation keys to success and we're also going to talk about some peninsula business awards sounds good it does sound good (laughs) and the bike conference lots to talk about but we'll be right back on the other side of this break welcome back to taking care of business where hopefully you are listening to some tips to help you get better 
at running your business. That was Megan Trainer. if you didn't recognise that voice. And I am joined in the studio today by our people and culture specialist, Rhiannon Pilton. And when we, just before we left the break, Rhiannon, we were talking about change in mm-hmm. business. And, uh, and you mentioned a few times about time mm-hmm. and how change takes time. How do you manage expectations of clients mm-hmm. who are impatient? <laughs> never would happen. Of course. <laughs> like, you know, wouldn't, in, couldn't tell you one and never have them. In <laughs> fantasy land, <laughs> if they're impatient, exactly. how do you manage that? <laughs> it's about planning. It really is. And mm-hmm. having those good documents at the start to show them um, what is actually going to be taking place. Keeping agile, obviously, any, any plan to allow for things that come up. But having the strategy there, this is a communication strategy, this is the, the transformation process um, and what you will see at each of these points and why we should be following it. Yeah, so, so can you predict almost what they're going to ask you so you can sort of be a step ahead of absolutely. them? Absolutely, and that's the key to being good at what you do. Right, <laughs> Is exactly. knowing yeah. the, the common points where people are concerned yeah. and um, being you know risk aware. So, yeah. Okay, so what are some of the keys to success for business transformation? Um, I think it would be about actually planning um, in mm. anything, I think, and I believe you spoke to Steve before about that, yeah. knowing why you're doing the change or any transformation. Are you looking to grow, um, become more niche? Some people try and tighten in and really focus on one area. So having that good understanding and knowing how to communicate that to either the stakeholders, customers, clients, employees, whoever that may be. Mm. Um, but that would be the huge um, tip is not just to say, let's go do this and go running for the the prize um you know you need to collect the tokens on the way (laughs) well when i speak to experts like yourself you know it's a really common thing about planning and how Mm -hmm. important it is like you any any expert i speak to any management consultant or any any business expert i'll say you know what's your number one tip for someone starting a business or someone Mm -hmm. to improve their business and their first answer is always planning yet I find it the thing that most don't do. Yeah. And it always astounds me. There's this real paradox as to why that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Barnes, who we were talking earlier, talked about the mindset, and I think he's onto something there. What do you think holds business people back from planning? Um, I just think they don't see the, in, the investment in, in the actual planning process. They think, well, we want to get here, let's just get there and get on with the job. So um, it comes back to time, and obviously, yeah, if they don't make those targets, mm. then they're failing along the way. But that's why you need to keep any plan um, you know, agile at its approach, that things do move. You've got human elements that come into play. You can't predict those sort of yeah, things. Yeah, you can yeah. you can obviously predict them to a degree, but you can't control another person's change in heart or things being held up with you know lawyers if you're taking on another company, all that type of thing. So there is definitely some resistance in in planning, but I yeah. think that's again the mindset and also just making time for something that's really critical because it could often fall down from lack of planning. So, yeah. what are some of the trends you're seeing around the moment in business? Um, I would say that it's really around bullying. It really is. And oh, I think really? that's a great thing. Obviously, we have that in schools as mm. well. Um, that's getting a lot of media attention. But around, um, you know, acceptance um, and things that just aren't okay. Even um, I have a large hospitality group um, and I've done a lot of training with them over time. Mm. <laughs> and they've really sort of gotten onto it in management and stamping out some things that 12 months ago or, you know, even less, they would have been, oh, that's just kitchen humour. Um, but they've really being on the forefront and being proactive rather than reactive to them. So it's really good to see because it's something that I've been very quite passionate about. Yeah. With, you know, that's the culture side of things. We need to stamp it out. Again, not wrapping people in cotton wool, but 
there's certain things that are not okay where 2018 things yeah, have changed. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Or some, hopefully. Yeah, some, some haven't, but some yeah, I'm going to talk about the good ones. <laughs> some haven't, but some... I'm bad by confidentially on the bad. Yeah, but look, <laughs> I just think that's part of the human condition. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? We're never, we're never going to be perfect and it's no. always balancing that. But I think it's almost giving people the confidence mm-hmm. to have permission to go, you know what, that's not okay. Yeah. Or that makes me really uncomfortable or you shouldn't speak like that or yeah. you shouldn't do like that. It's calling people out on things. And knowing that you're not going to lose your job for calling someone out on it as well, having that security yeah, that as a whistleblower that you're not going to be then targeted yeah in some negative or be way. Per- your personal brand to be perceived exactly. as being yeah. Tr- uh, trouble yeah exactly or they're toxic get rid of them yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff. oh that's yeah. interesting isn't it mm-hmm. uh now what about the rise of freelancers now yeah, yeah now this is a really interesting topic because you do a lot of work corporately mm-hmm. And there's this real uh, rise, what they call the gig economy. Yeah. Uh, it's a real growth area where a lot of businesses now are saying, you know what, we're not going to employ people anymore. Mm-hmm. We're going to use freelancers. We're going to use contractors because we don't have to worry about the superannuation. We don't have to worry about work cover. Yeah. We pay them for an hourly rate. They're only as good as their last hour. There's all, you know, we don't have to pay them holiday pay or sick leave. And there's so many benefits to using freelancers and contractors. Mm-hmm. So how how do you manage them in a corporate environment when they sort of work for themselves? How does that sort of fit in from a culture perspective? Um, I guess it is, it is common, uh, especially in your digital or IT mm. space. It's, it's quite large. Um, in that area, it would be they are, regardless of how they get paid, they're part of the team. They're part of that project delivery or whatever they're engaged to be a part of. Um, so they're on our, you know, relevant Slack chats and things like that. They are a part of the team. Legitimately, they're involved in team meetings. They're there. Um, but it's also managing too because as much as it's great to have a contractor, mm. often there's a, a, you know, a landmine of problems that could actually mean that they're not a contractor. So from a business point, yes, we want them engaged, but should, are they engaged in the right business relationship? Um, and also, you know, they could potentially be as good as their last hour and a competitor steal them. So how do you make sure that they're there um, and present? So that's also, there are are definitely a lot of pros, but there's a heap of cons that I see all the time of people saying, we're doing this as a contract. I'm like, it's just not okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It's an interesting, and it's just going to get probably more and more interesting, the layers and the different industries that are tapping into that market. It is a real layer thing. Mm. And and I I go to a lot of uh, workshops and conferences and things like that. And listening to the future of work, I'm mm-hmm. always interested in listening to what's what people are predicting and thinking about the future of work. And and I, I always sort of find this the most interesting in that, you know, we we would apply for jobs and we would pick an organisation we wanted to work with, you know, whether it be mm-hmm. Coca-Cola or Nike and go, oh, I really want to work for them. Now it's reversing where the person looking for the job is being hunted. I mean, yeah. you know, you can see that on mainstream TV. There's that ad of the girl in the canoe and she's mm-hmm. being followed by someone else in a canoe saying, we want you for this yeah. job. Headhunting's still around. Head, yeah, yeah, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and you get a car, car parking space. But yep. has that actually shifted that much? No, it's still very much there. I mean, there's a whole world of what we're doing that is just looking for passive candidates yeah. um, so aren't actively on seek etc yeah. um, they are more at your senior level because you'll get a profile they want this actual person right. um, not poaching <laughs> just you know networking <laughs> professional poaching yeah. so, so you do recruitment as well just Canada at the executive York. level yes oh, okay. so ceos of like governments and things like that so we do yeah how do you find them 
networking. It's about, obviously, oh, really? I've built a brand over this time. Yeah. Um, so it's a trusted thing. I have ex-CEOs that work with me as consultants on different things. So, yeah, very much in, involved in that area. So And it's great. We did a show a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was about business fitness mm-hmm. and we're talking about leadership and it was through a training organisation about mm-hmm. what organisations are now using for professional development and training for their staff. And one of the most popular ones of the last two years has been resilience, mm-hmm. which I suppose made me then think it counteracting the bullying as a, as yeah. a rising trend. Have you found there's been more focus on resilience as a, um, as a technique? Yeah, a little bit more, um, how to handle things definitely. Mm. Um, and, you know, get growth from that as well. So mm. not as much as I'd like to see, um, but the, obviously these RTOs that are doing some wonderful things um, really help my job as well. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a great link there between the two. Now, the, the uh, PWR Consulting, that's your main gig. Yes, that is but my main. But you've got a few side hustles, haven't you? I do a little. I like to work. I, I, lo- I love that term, <laughs> side hustle, don't yeah. you? It's a, it's a new one I've got for 2018. Uh, but you've got a couple of side hustles, and one is awards. Mm. And when we, we're just going to take a short break. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Peninsula Business Awards, which okay, you've great. created and run. Mm-hmm. We're also going to talk about your Telstra Women's Business Award nominee, because I'm interested to talk a little bit about how that happened and did that affect you and positively, yeah. negatively, whatever. But we've also got Shannon Smith from Smart Business Solution, who's a great friend of this program, who is running the Byte Conference in May, and mm-hmm. I know you're involved in that as well. Yes. <laughs> so we've got lots of conference training awards. We're going to talk a little bit more about that on the other side of this break. We hope you're enjoying eavesdropping on this interesting conversation right back after this. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. That was Mr. Know-It-All by Success. And today we're talking about business success and how to run your business better. And I have in the studio here Rhiannon Pilton from PWR Consulting and Shannon Smith, a great friend of the program from Smart Business Solutions. Hi, Shannon. Hello, how are you? Good to have you here. Yeah, always Thank good. You. Always good when you're in the studio. Now, we're talking about business success and how to run your business better. And one of the areas that I find, I suppose, most interesting or fascinating is the awards season. And, you know, to business, is it worth entering awards? Does it help your business? Does it run your business better? What are some of the benefits? It certainly, I think, helps when you enter an awards or put an awards entry in. It helps you hone what it is you do because you actually have to stop and think, hang on, what is it I do and, and how do I help customers? So it helps you refine that message. And then when you do win awards, which Shannon Smith, I think you're the most awarded accountant there is in the world. You, Every time I look at this, you're always winning some new awards. Do you think by winning those awards, does it help your confidence or does it help the staff around you? Um, it probably helps all of the above. Mm. I think, um, especially when we won the first award mm. and, and I guess you're starting to get recognition. You're doing, you know, a great job locally. You're doing uh, work with your clients and helping them. And then to get that kind of recognition, especially, you know, our, some of our awards have been national awards and you're I up know, against some really huge. large firms. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and that's been real recognition. I think also for the team, um, as well. Mm. And so we also not only put the firm in awards, but I'm very proactive in trying to put the team members in for awards as well. So they get recognition. And so, you know, some of our team members have been, 
you know, finalists in, you know, Nicole, who was in yesterday's master yeah. program, yeah. master, master um, class, master, yes. master class. Um, you know, she's been a finalist in the executive assistant for an accounting firm, um, a few years in a row. So we're hoping this year is the winning year, yeah. but you know, it's good for them to get recognition for what they're doing. And yeah. I think also to take the time to really think about what have I achieved? What is, what has my business done? And, and being able to document that in the awards submissions mm. and actually ironically this next week we're actually one of my clients kind of asked us the question maybe you can help us write our award because you've won quite a few so mm. i said well don't plant that seed because now we're running an event next week um, in conjunction with peer marketing to actually talk about how do you write your business submission because people do find it hard sometimes to say well what yeah. did you go do great yeah. and you think oh i don't know what did i do great so we're going to help you know clients next week and yeah. in actually helping them write it so we're just going to have a lunchtime kind of workshop awesome and if they go to the smart business solutions facebook page yes you'll find it on you've got an event yes we've got an event you've got co-hosts yes i do i (laughs) co-hosted peer marketing so it's on theirs as well so i learned from yesterday's masterclass yes that's a really good but more than more than merrier we've got an afternoon session a lunchtime and we've also got an evening so hopefully it'll fit most most schedules yeah and do you celebrate the success so when you win the awards do you actually stop and go you know we're gonna go for lunch we're gonna have a party we go for lunch or dinner um when we won zero partner of the year for victoria which we clearly just could not believe that when we won it in 2016 mm. um we uh, actually booked out the whole mornington peninsula brewery and invited all of our clients and we had a Brilliant. family a family celebrate day because we wouldn't be in the position we're in if it wasn't for the clients that we get to work with and so we we had over 100 turn up for our our um our night it was fantastic but you wouldn't be in the position you're in as a, as a successful business without recognising your clients. The fact you've said that is absolute key to success. And then you've used, it's been quite clever. I don't know if you've done this strategically. I'm sure you have. Oh, I, I don't know. It's an excuse for a party. Oh, there you go. Well, <laughs> from a strategic, that, yeah. well, it's true because yeah. I don't think there's enough interaction with clients because mm. people want to do business with people. Mm. And, you know, with the digital, it's all emails and things. And actually the old-fashioned have a knees up you know, come and have a drink and because we really appreciate you. People love that. Mm. And then to they go, what's the reason for this drink? It's not Christmas. Forget about Christmas because it's always too busy. We've actually won awards. So what you're doing in marketing terms, Marketing mm. 101, here I'm getting my nerdy academic hat on again, but it's reducing cognitive dissonance is the actual term that you mm. use. It. So what it's actually doing is that your clients are saying, Actually, you know, we're really, really pleased that we use Smart Business Solutions because they feel they've appreciated it. They're a really good choice. So it's going to reduce their uh, thought about mm. ever going elsewhere. So the easiest way to get new business is through existing business. So you've done that really well. Uh, so congratulations with Thank that. Thank you. Now, Rhiannon Pilton, mm. I couldn't help but notice, and I did in your intro, that you were the Telstra Women's Business Award nominee for 2017. How did that happen? Well, it was quite a surprise, not going to lie. <laughs> so so you didn't nominate yourself? No, no, definitely not. Um, I think you've known me for long enough now that <laughs> that's not something I could ever do. Um, it was actually a local government council. I'd worked heavily in a CEO leadership and performance review program. So they actually took the time out to nominate me for that. And I'd done a, quite a bit of work with them and meetings on different strategies before then. Um, but it was, yeah, it was them that decided to do it. So I was just beyond humbled. Someone would take time. Again, I'll go back to time. Out of their day, no one has time for much anymore to do that for me. So it was wonderful. So how did that affect you? Oh, it just made everything feel like it was worthwhile, really. So did it improve your confidence? It did improve my confidence. Did it motivate you? It did. It did everything. And for the team. Yeah, it was... 
you know, people, my parents were proud of me. It was just a real lovely feeling. That's so. nice. Now, as we come to the end of the show, we don't want to get to the end and not talk about the Peninsula Business Awards. Now, I know that the council used to run business awards and they stopped running them. Mm-hmm. And then you've taken up the baton. I have. Why? A little bit crazy. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, in my day with the employers, um, I'm dealing on recognition and reward for employees mm. all the time, how to keep them engaged. And so it seemed like a natural thing. We're all working. I know Shannon's often emailing me on the weekend as well about different things. So we're all working really hard um, and we need some recognition for that. Um, and that does motivate you. Um, to keep pushing harder, as you said, look back at what you're doing, what you could be doing better, yeah. um, and all those things. So, and we've got some great sponsors on board. Um, so, obviously, so people can still enter. They can to the 19th of March. Due to demand, we've had to extend it. They're oh, just flooding that's good. in. Yeah, They're it's been great. In. There won't be any more because our judges only have a very small yeah, amount yeah. of time availability. So, if people want to enter, where do yep, they go? They just head to peninsulabusinessawards.org um, and they can nominate or apply for themselves um, through that channel. We'll put a link to our Facebook page. Wonderful, we'll thank you. <laughs> and you're also involved in the Bite Conference, which I I'm am. actually a supporter ambassador for. I should mm-hmm. acknowledge, but I. I don't do that lightly. I, I handpick those. And this bite conference, it was run last year for the first time, Shannon, which was Shannon's idea. And how did you come up with the idea? Um, I, I guess I've, as a long-term local on the peninsula, and really if you look at the peninsula, we're so reliant on small business. And I kind of got sick of always travelling to the city mm. for, a, for a, a conference. Um, so I came up with the idea and I know my husband said, well, why did I have to be the one to implement it? But, you know, anyway, um, to have that kind of bring that city-style conference down here to the peninsula mm. because we have so many small businesses down here and, and bring those leading speakers down to the peninsula as yeah. well. Yeah, well, I'm doing the Shark Tank, which is right up my alley. <laughs> Looking forward to that. So, And then also you've got some other wonderful speakers from, uh, from overseas. overseas as well. Yeah. We're flying in. Um, so we've got Lance Burdett coming in from New Zealand. Mm. He's a crisis negotiator. Now, he's been one of those that was involved in the negotiation even with the siege in Sydney. And what he relates is to how you, how do you relate that to business? How do you relate that to small business in your negotiate, business negotiations day to day? You know, we've got um, Diane McGrath, who's um, one of the selected mission to Mars and how does that you know and so we've got a variety of different speakers Andy Lark's going to be back he was really popular last year he's just taken up a new role as chief marketing officer of Foxtel now which is going to be interesting to see how he's going to change that business and a good name Lark yes yes exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah, so we've got some great um great speakers um and lots of exhibitors over 30 of exhibitors and so the exhibitors we've really with the uh, the sponsorship that's come in and the exhibitors, we've really kind of, I guess, handpicked them as far as um, who's exhibiting, so yeah. that we have a variety, and that it, you get there and you you'll find useful businesses or information for you that you're going to take away um, after the day. Yeah, Rhiannon, you're a sponsor. We miss out on this event. Yes, <laughs> uh, I am as well. So you've yeah. got all the all you've actually picked the cream of the business brains on the peninsula yes. and from Melbourne and from overseas yes. all around Australia. 29th of May, Mornington yes. Racecourse. Uh, you'll hear a lot more about this conference coming up and checking our Facebook page as well. We know it'll be a great success. We're, you're planning to double the size of yes, last year. Yes, it sold year. out last year, over yeah. 300 and we sold out and um, we've been able to increase it to 500 this year and right. we had a lot of people say, well next year I'm going to bring my whole team. Yeah, you know, so you just, need to get yeah. tickets soon. Don't wait to leave yeah. it last and minute. Early bird um, shuts on the 31st of March and we won't be able to take more than ah, 500. Okay. So there is March, an early bird right. um, till 31st of March. Right. It's 125 a ticket. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, normal is 150. And as a lot of people remember from last year, we have gone for the very top food 
offering there and the drinks and nibbles. So everyone was raving last year about the food, food and oh, beautiful and food, and like <laughs> which that. is always important. With yeah, the which is great. And the Peninsula Business Awards. Now that's in May as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lot, lot happening in May. And uh, and then people can still enter those as well. And also, don't forget our masterclass, which Shannon was here uh, yesterday for. Rhiannon, you'd love it. The next one's May 3rd. And uh, if you go to our Facebook page, there's information on that as well. Uh, Rhiannon Pilton, thank you very much for being on the show today. It's been a delight meeting you. And I look forward to many more encounters with you. And uh, encounters? Encounters. Yes, encounters. I I keep mucking my words up today. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, quite hilarious. Uh, I wish you continued success. Thank you, Thank you very much, Shannon Smith, always a delight. And if you have learned something new today and feel inspired, you can listen to us every Friday at 11am. We look forward to your company then. In the meantime, stay ahead of the game and keep taking care of your business.